0: My guest on the podcast today is the incredible Ria Wong. She's an author. She's a podcaster. She's a nonprofit enthusiast, which we're going to talk about. She's an aspiring comedian, although I think from getting to know you just a little bit, I would say you're a comedian. I don't, you're pretty funny. You're a dog mom and also arguably the coolest pair of glasses I've ever seen. They look like a Zoom filter, but they're not. So I hope that you send me a picture for the marketing with those glasses so that everybody can see what I'm talking about. They're spectacular. I'm sure you get so many. Compliments on them. They're like they're just striking, very Brooklyn, because I know you're. In yes, Brooklyn.
1: they, we, are, they are very Brooklyn. It's like wearing an Instagram filter on my face, but in real life, yeah. and uh, I, they're they're so striking. I actually got them on my logo because you know we all need a signature look. Yeah, Iris Apfel has taught us we all need a signature look.
0: We people. Need a look, signature look. Better you than me. I think I would not look so good in those glasses, but maybe I would. I, I don't know.
1: know. Don't knock it, Jason. We could try you it. Tried it.
0: We'll see. You well, Ria. So glad we made this happen. What's really fun about this episode, too, is I am going to be then joining you live in about 45 minutes where we're going to talk about some stuff where I get to get on the hot seat and you get to make me look like a fool in front of people like I'm going to do... To you. Wait, no. I mean, so we're going to have a really interesting conversation.
1: Listen, Jason, looking like a fool would not be the first time. It won't be the last time.
0: <laughs> me either. All right, Ria, let's get into it because we've got a lot to talk about today. So first things first, what's something you nerd out about?
1: I was thinking about this so many things. Uh, so, my job well, I started my career as a nonprofit executive director, and I talk about this all the time. My first day, I was 26 years old. My two Google searches on the job was uh, Google search one was, What does an executive director do? Google search <laughs> two was, How do you fundraise? I'm not even kidding. And so, over 12 and a half years, I built this organization to multi million dollars. And I was like, Why did it take me 12 and a half years to figure out how to fundraise? So in my post-executive director life, recovering ED, I teach people how to fundraise. So mm-hmm. what I would say is I really geek out about the practice of fundraising. I really believe that there's a skill set in mastering that. But there's, there's an art and a science to it. So I get really nerdy around neuroscience and psychology. And then separately, just for my own fun, I, I like to collect my bio data.
0: <laughs> collect your bio data.
1: Yeah, so like my sleep tracking, my steps, my energy, my exercise—it's—it's it's pretty nerdy. My husband makes fun of me. I, I like check my data religiously.
0: What? Uh, what do you? What technology do you use to do that?
1: Uh, I have a Fitbit, and I then feel? I recently bought this thing called the Muse headband that tracks my yes. brainwaves, so mm-hmm. I can track my deep sleep patterns. I—I I mean, it—it's really. <laughs> That's really nerdy, and I let me tell you, wearing that sleep tracker to bed at night is like number one sexiest thing. Like I don't oh. know why Victoria's Secret has not oh. created that that headband. And then I have my uh, my retainers on. It's it's like <laughs> it's real sexy times as the long Sibo household.
0: Yeah, yeah. Your 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 husband's probably like. It's a good thing I met you before you got into this hobby. <laughs> I feel like I'd love to get intimate with you, but. We need to measure the bio waves as we're doing that and compare how it's going.
1: Listen, we haven't talked about my mouth guard.
0: Oh my god, really?
1: life in the '40s, man, it's real.
0: Oh my god, life in the '40s. What's you. um? What's something you nerd out about, or what? Sorry, what's something that's inside of your comfort zone besides tracking bio data,
1: so, like almost like
0: a robot that, but that, that you know, like other people are like, that's a heck no for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, so two things: stand-up comedy. That is completely nerve-wracking. I have bombed all over downtown Manhattan and downtown Brooklyn. Most people would rather stick hot needles in their eyes than get up on stage and do a tight five. I also was not thrilled about doing it, but I did it, and it's addictive, man. Like once you do that and you bomb in front of everyone, you can do anything. I literally, yeah. I am bulletproof now. I'm like, I, I pff, ask people for money, no problem. At least I'm not doing a stand-up routine. Yeah, but it is addictive. Uh, And then talking about money. I mean, I built Mm. my career on fundraising. Most people, again, would rather stick hot noodles in their eye than ask people for money or talk about money. And I'm like, let's talk about money. I love talking about money. It's my favorite topic ever.
0: Yeah. All right. So you're my go-to person now if I want to maybe entertain people, maybe or maybe bomb. And then I don't like talking about money. I'm a good old midwestern boys so i don't like talking about Mm. money it's very much a cultural thing we don't talk about money in minnesota at least in my family we didn't so um if i ever need to have tough conversations with clients i'll you and i will talk about what that would cost and maybe i'll book you a gig with them and i'll say i got this comedian she might or might not be funny i can't guarantee anything but we'll we'll give her a try but i um yeah
1: but I will definitely ask them for more money.
0: But you'll, that's <laughs> at the end of your thing and be like, and listen, whether you liked my act or not, I'm going to need you all to pay me a fee.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Happy to that's talk right. about it. Yeah. And whatever the fee is, just add 30%. And then like we're good.
0: Yeah. I, I had a similar experience when I took improv for the first time. And I love improv. I was actually, my next thing was to take a stand up writing class at the pit. Mm. If you know the pit, and it's a, yeah. yeah, I love the pit. So I did the first four levels of improv there and our class shows they do class shows was march 16th 2020 (laughs) so i remember that week before we're like oh class show and like class shows are kind of terrible but also really fun you invite your friends there's a you know it's um there's drinking and it's at a theater like a small theater striker used to be called the striker theater and um i remember they're like We're we're not gonna do the show because the city shut down, but we are gonna meet for the last time on Zoom, and we did improv on Zoom, and it was actually really fun. It was actually really. Let me tell you,
1: dude. Let me tell you, I've done stand up on Zoom, and it is the most devastating, soul sucking experience in the world. Like, so you know, ten thousand hours and you've to practice stand up. You literally need an audience to practice. Yeah. it's not People like on mute. playing the violin. Oh my God. They're on mute. They're like black <laughs> screens. I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if you're like, you're not laughing because they're on mute or if I'm not funny, but I, I, it made me want to shoot myself. yes yeah, come Comedy
0: into the black hole. It doesn't, oh, it was like, awful. Comedy is only good either watch it. Like it needs to be live. I mean, not live. Like you need to be like, have an audience to yeah. just do it.
1: To like react to the oh, thing. Yeah. It, it was awful. It was awful. The only other more tra- traumatizing experience was when I did a stand-up open mic in San Francisco, and my my stand-up comedy isn't like not safe for work, you know. There's like swearing and all this sort of stuff. My parents came, my best friends oh. were there, their parents were there, and my my born again Christian aunt were all front and center. And I was like, this is the nightmare is complete. I all I need to do is like be naked and take a calculus test, and the, the triumphant yeah. would be. Done. Like
0: Again, but because you've done not suitable for work comedy in front of your parents and you probably talked about body parts, you can really do anything.
1: Listen, after you tell sex jokes in front of your parents, I feel like that's when oh. you know you're a real grown-up.
0: You're yeah. grown-up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. That's good. So, um, Saria, so what's something that's outside of your comfort zone that you know other people uh, like to do or will do?
1: You know, it's so funny. This is such a New York answer. Driving. Okay, let's talk mm. about... So I grew up in San Francisco. I never had a car there. Then I went to college back east, didn't have a car, have lived in New York for almost 20 years. So I, technically I have a license, but when would I ever drive? And so I'm actually going to be heading to California for the winter. And so I felt like I had to bone up again. I took driving lessons in downtown Brooklyn. Terrifying. Do you drive oh my in New God. York? Yeah. It's terrifying. But I was like, look, if I can drive I in New York, like I can it. drive anywhere. It's like the worst video game in the world. It's yeah. so scary. There are people like jumping out at you. These delivery drivers are like maniacs are coming at you the wrong way.
0: The walk and no walk are suggestions, not actual rules.
1: People yeah. are like stepping out into the the sidewalk with like looking at their phones. I'm like, hello, yeah. there's right. a car coming. What is your problem <laughs> right now? And then apparently on Ocean Avenue, I've not seen this, but apparently there's some guy who just stands in the middle of the road and moonwalks. And I'm like, what is that about, sir? And, yeah, and then right. you you know what else I didn't know about in New York? There are a lot of people on the road in New York who don't have licenses. Did you know that?
0: Oh, god, yeah. And if you and I also understand a lot of them don't have insurance. And if you get hit by one of them, it's You're painful straight. for you as the law abiding citizen who has insurance.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. I've I've found that most of those people drive Nissans. Just <laughs> fun fact. If you see a Nissan, just stay away.
0: Is this part of the biometric data? Have you been... Uh, you're you're just a data fanatic. You're like, let's do a statistical analysis of the number no, of... No, no. That people. was
1: like... That was just like it a... Was, that was like a qualitative study with my driving instructor. He was always like, yeah. It was always like the 20-something men driving Nissans that are the craziest and don't have insurance. I was like, I okay, good to know.
0: I have a so. favor to ask of you. Hmm. Let me know when you're on the road so I won't be.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm actually quite a conservative driver like i but here's like here here's like the really annoying thing about it. like people see me on the road and i feel like i'm reinforcing all sorts of negative stereotypes about asian female drivers and i just want like a sign that says it's not because i'm asian it's because i'm a new yorker like i'm mm. not a good driver because i've lived in new york for the last 20 years
0: okay you, I'm always looking for new business ideas. I think you have a bumper sticker there that you could that's either right. license or just print it. Um, it's yeah. not, it's not be, that's your quote. Of, that's, that's your quote. Usually I have like inspirational quotes And Your quote is going to be, it's not because I'm Asian. It's, it's because, I'm a, because I'm a
1: New Yorker. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> all right. So Rhea, give, i give you five minutes and you get to speak to all of us in the world about anything you want, anything at all. What would you talk to us about and what would you want us to do at the end of that speech?
1: So, so Jason, I know this is a a lot in your wheelhouse. So I'd love to talk to you about this on my podcast in a little while. Yeah. And I've recently listened to, uh, re-listened to Bob Marley and i'm thinking about emancipating yourself from mental slavery like so many of the things that hold us back are just in our own minds like we're scared yeah. to make the call we're scared to make the ask we're scared to launch the business we're scared to send the email like we're it's all this stuff in our own minds that we've created as barriers to what we really want to do and so the talk would be how do you shift your mindset how are you identifying and pushing through those blockages and then the the called action would be just do it. First of all, no, one's paying as much attention to you as you think they are. Nope. Number two, haters going to hate players going to play, right? If there are people who are hating on you, like that's on them. If you ever Number wanted, th-
0: the truth is always going to be from T swift that at the end of the day, it's Taylor's always going to speak truth.
1: That's right. That's right. You know? And the third thing is you know, be willing to blow your own damn mind. Like I was sitting with a friend of mine yesterday, totally brilliant, totally accomplished. And she's giving, and she wants to launch her own business. And she was giving me all these like crazy reasons. Like, well, you know, like, I don't know how to find the accountant to do my taxes for my LLC. And I was like, this is just a complete bullshit reason. Like, what, it, what are we even talking about? You can figure this out. It. But we like create all of these, you know, Narratives in our minds about why we can't do the thing because we're scared to do the thing. So the five minute rant would be emancipate yourself from mental slavery. Just just do it. Figure it out on the way.
0: I think I'm going to change this question. I've been asking this question for three years. It's going to be you have five minutes to rant. What would you <laughs> rant about, and what would be your call to action? No, I love that, Rhea. I also love that you brought up Bob Marley. And you know, before we go to the commercial break, you know, who Mel Robbins is.
1: No, who's
0: Mel Robbins? She's a, she's a very popular, motivational female speaker. She's great. She did a TED Talk. And she's what she most got famous for is for the five-second rule and not the food. Not the food five-second rule. But her five-second yeah. rule, it's a uh, best-selling book. And it's so easy. And for anybody listening, like a personal brand, it doesn't have to be complex. Her five-second rule is this. Oh, yeah, you run across something you don't want to do. Count to five and do it anyway. And then she wrote it and then she wrote a book about it and she sold a lot of those books. And now she, she's brilliant and she's done very well for herself and she's a, and she's a great speaker and she's got good content, but this is not a new concept, but how many of us actually do that?
1: Yeah. Not many. And I know we're going
0: to, we're going to definitely talk more about this after the break. So we're going to do that. We're going to go to the break and we'll be right back after this.
2: The talking to cool people podcast is brought to you by Jason Frizzell coaching. Jason works with amazing people who are looking to find and develop their passion and purpose and create their journey to wherever it is they want to go. Check us out at jasonfrizzell.com, Facebook, or on Instagram. Jason loves hearing from anyone who thinks it would be cool to connect, to be coached, or to be a guest on our show. Email him at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com or DM him on Facebook and Instagram. And now, back to some more amazing conversation on talking to cool people.
0: Ria, we're back.
1: Welcome back, Jason. I Welcome missed you.
0: Yeah, kind of. It's been a while. It's been it's been a, it's been a whole commercial break.
1: <laughs> I know. How, how have we been? Everything okay? I've,
0: I've been good. How how's the comedy? How's the comedy life been? Yeah,
1: you know, i I just did a I just did a quick set on yeah. the commercial break. Uh, it was great. It was great.
0: It was good. It is actually funny, is what I'm hearing.
1: I was hilarious. People were was, dying laughing. It was, it was on
0: hilarious. Zoom and everybody came off mute and roared. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. Oh, that would it? be better than winning the lottery, but no, uh, that did not happen. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, you know. <laughs> at least you're here. I'll I'll laugh at your jokes. So thanks. Rhea, what else do you want us to know about you?
1: Oh my gosh. You know, uh it's so funny. I like it's the question of like what what do you want people to know? I mean, I'm I'm Love travel. I love dogs. I love sleep. I love reading. Um, And like you, I've been on this entrepreneurial journey for the last four years and it's been a trip, man. So I guess what I would say is I'm also completely unemployable. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. ever see a world where I would be in house ever again. I'm maybe I'm just too ornery, but like, I'm a free bird, man. I I cannot be caged again.
0: On <laughs> cage. Well, the good news is, as a dog mom, your dog would support that as well.
1: Oh well, like, yeah. My so my my dog passed away in May. I have a new dog now, which yeah. sounds bad. I'm like replaced it. but anyway, yes, I have a new. You don't dog. replace but a
0: dog; they they're a new member of the family. After the other one, we lost a dog a couple of years ago, and we got a new one. It's just a different chapter of your life. Let's do a I thing. know.
1: I know. That's the, that's good cuz I definitely kind of feel like that that weird person who like dates the next person who looks exactly like my ex. And I'm like, is this weird? This might be weird. Anyway, the point is, uh before my dog passed, the pandemic was his best life. Like oh, we were amazing. there 24/7. <laughs> he was like, "Oh good, you're here all the time. I'm going to need you to feed me." Again.
0: Yeah. Now, dogs dogs were definitely a beneficiary of the pandemic and it's sad when i read the things about people when they have to go back in the office they actually get rid of their dogs like we're we're a huge animal family dog specifically i can't imagine getting rid of a dog they just may become like part of our family
1: i know i know it's it's well so the dog that we have now is actually adopted she's 10 years old and she came from to us from a family who was leaving the country and mm. either couldn't or wouldn't take her. And I'm like, she's the sweetest dog in the world. I'm like, how would you not take this dog? Like if someone told me that I couldn't take my dog to move to another country, the answer would be, well, I guess I'm not moving. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's it. That's the That's answer. your family.
0: That's your I family. It's,
1: it's crazy. Anyway, we'll to,
0: next time we have you back on the podcast, we'll have to have your dog join you.
1: Uh, Stella, the wonder dog. Yeah. She's mm. incredible.
0: That's great. Stella, the wonder she's dog. Not,
1: she's not very talkative though. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, We'll what we'll to see? We get a get a rise out of her. See what kind of joke she has for us.
1: Yeah, she, she's pretty mellow. She's not very. uh she's not very good on the interview.
0: <sighs> well, neither are some of my guests. So that's not true. Uh-huh. Actually, all my guests are good. Most of them are. No, they're all good. No, I'm kidding. They're actually all good. I wouldn't interview them if I didn't think they would be good. So Rhea, mm. what can I? What would you like to ask me that I can answer for you and everybody listening?
1: That is such a good question, Jason curious about your morning routine
0: my morning routine
1: yeah do you have a morning routine
0: um it's a routine but it's not necessarily designed by me okay because of the stage of life i'm in Mm. i do do you want to know my work day routine or my weekend routine or either
1: Uh, I want to know what gets you into the zone to do your best work. So I guess Mm. your workday routine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm an early riser. How early? If I'm asleep past six 30, it's a rare, rare day.
1: Have you always been an early riser?
0: Pretty much. I mean, not in like college and, you know, after a long night of partying, but for the most part. I have this interesting biorhythm where I'm a night owl and an early riser. I think it's because I have a lot of. How much do you
1: get? Yeah. Um,
0: It depends. Anywhere? I mean, sometimes I get eight. Like I, but I don't. I don't think. I think my body. I don't think I need eight. I don't need. Mm. I don't need. I don't need a ton of sleep to be high functioning for the day. But I Mm. definitely crash at night, right? You know, like some people. They're like, if I don't get my six to eight, like they actually can't really do anything that day. Like that is not me. Like I am, very reliable to power through whatever I need to. Mm-hmm. My morning routine. Um, well, it's interesting you ask this because our morning routine also consists of getting a six-year-old to the bus and making sure a two-year-old doesn't kill himself. So there's a lot of like that thing, and it is a team effort. But what I do for myself to get ready is I'll drink some caffeine, not coffee. Um, we have these. My wife and I love these really delicious energy drinks called the If you've ever had them, and they have a mimosa mimosa flavor, and it's really good. It's like orange juice, but really almost no calories, but it's got 200 milligrams of caffeine. So I huh. like to do that. Depending on what I'm doing, if I am podcasting, podcasting, doing training or some sort of group work, I'll generally do some vocal warm ups of some type. I don't know if you do any of that work as a comedian, but like I, if I'm gonna be yeah
1: talking,
0: yeah I do a little bit of that, not much. If I'm not, I'll generally check my calendar and and get present to who I need to be for each of those calls because I do. I think we've talked about this. I do some. It's all in the same universe, but I do some different things, right? Like probably like you, like you're going to podcast and you might have a client call. So I kind of think about, okay, what's the energy I want to bring to each of these things? Like my, my podcasting energy is going to be a little different than my one-on-one energy with a client who got laid off last week. Right. So, Mm. and getting present to that. And usually that's enough. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's my general routine. I think my overarching routine, the one thing that I have to have every single day that I've done for almost 600 days in a row is walking 10,000 steps.
1: Nice. So you do it's, that in the morning?
0: It depends. So okay. sometimes I do it in the morning. If I, I actually I actually plan it out, it's a non-negotiable. It's the almost the one non-negotiable for me. So 10,000 steps a day, 100,000 steps a week. So I need to average nice. actually about a little over 14, but it's about 14,000, a little more. But what I'll do there is I'll actually look like I'll just give you an example for today. I had a phone call at nine, and I took a walk. So that's about six thousand steps. I have a client at one thirty that I meet with on the phone. We walk and talk. That's another six thousand steps. There's my twelve thousand for the day plus whatever else I do. That is a, not a morning thing necessarily, but it is a, like it is a non negotiable, and I mm. will like rearrange to do it. I used to meditate using a Muse hand bed hand um, headband, and then we had a baby, which like. You're like, oh, it's meditation time, and you're like, oh, shh, it's like a horror movie. And then you hear like a thumping or a little cry or a big cry, and you're like, Pff. like at that <laughs> point, you're not meditating, right? Like, oh, change diaper, or now that he's he just turned two, he likes to kick the wall, like the oh, crib. That's nice. Yeah, he mm-hmm. kicks the crib, and because it's you know it's a crib, it's a little loose. It'll go donk 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 against the wall, and then there's no meditating at that point.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, you're like okay,
0: but we have fun. Um, when he gets up, we'll, sometimes we'll play guitar, watch a concert, or like just hang out and do that. And then the other thing I do is I generally try and do a little bit of work in the morning, like a little catch up on email. I'm my as an as somebody who works for myself now, and I didn't realize this before. My biorhythm is rock and roll in the morning, leave it all in the field, dead at night. Mm. I didn't used to be like that, like dead at night, meaning like I don't want to do any of the administrative or with just work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's my morning routine, my I guess my overall routine.
1: Okay. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh would you ever get back into meditation?
0: Yes, I'd love to. I would love so to. So what's stopping you? The chill the the young child in the morning. I don't know when I would do it beside for me. This well, this is the other thing. And there's an opportunity to do it at night, but really for me, meditation one. I used to do 20 minutes like clockwork. Mm-hmm. I know the way my I work, it is most beneficial to do right when I get up. Mm. And I would need to get up earlier than I get up and I'm not willing to do that.
1: Mm. Yeah. What about a walking meditation?
0: I do that. So a lot of times when I walk, I will not listen to anything. I'll just kind of walk and it's actually where I ideate, but Mm. that's not really meditation, but I will try and be like, oh, let me just think about nothing and listen to the nature because we live in the country. Mm-hmm. And, but generally, from there, I will start to ideate and come up with. It's like where most. That's where this podcast came from. It's like, oh, like, oh, I want to do a pocket. What I want to do. I guess that's a form of meditation, but it's a little more busy-minded meditation.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: it's more getting present to what's true for me, as opposed to like I don't need to come up with the how to in those moments. It's more like what's the idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would love to get more into meditation because I, when I was doing twenty minutes. Like clockwork, and I did it with a Muse band because I'm a game. I like I'm a gamification person, so I'm like, oh, let me, let me track my number of birds.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love it.
0: I love <laughs> yeah. it. But yeah, yeah. It's like, pretty great. I have. I would have to get up twenty minutes earlier in in order to make it work. And quite frankly, my son's name is Charlie. He wakes up when he wakes up, and mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. like. I am not a person who's like I'm going to meditate for twenty, and then like three minutes in, I hear him. Like that is does not work for me I either want to do it or I want to spend my time doing something else
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: yeah, and there's room for improvement here, and I know that, but
1: yeah, yeah. I was gonna say cool story, bro, yeah, uh, exactly
0: you're like you're like, uh-huh, that's a bunch of BS. I mean that I mean the truth is I did it, I love it, and it's it is challenging with a little human who doesn't have an alarm clock other than oh, I'm up, yeah kick the crib, yeah. but yes, I will definitely get back into it, and I need I need to figure out how to carve it into my calendar in the morning after I get my daughter to the bus stop. And then like, I think I can fit it in there at least five minutes. I want to start back up with something again. So maybe we'll talk about that and like what you would have. Cause I know you're a, if you're a master, master meditator or not, but I know this this is a thing that you are, well, let me ask you the next question here. (laughs) What are you passionate about? (laughs) You're like, it's funny you ask. It's uh it's meditation. (laughs)
1: I am actually not passionate about meditation. Uh, It's a thing I do because I know it helps me move through my day with a little bit more equanimity. Uh, But I am on my, what, 750th day of meditation. So I've always sort of meditated. I've practiced yoga since I was 18. But during the pandemic, I got real serious about it. And like you, I'm into the gamification. So I'm on Insight Timer and I'm racking up those little stars. But if I... Don't meditate. I mean, I, I well, yeah. If I meditate, say in the evening, I really notice a difference of the quality of my day because really? I haven't started with. Yeah, I, I like to start my day with meditation and just sort of like calms down the the system. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I do mostly every day is my twenty minute swim. That's kind of a non negotiable. So yeah, I either nice. swim or I do yoga mostly every day, and it you know, it's just 20 minutes in the pool. It's not, in, it's yeah. funny. I heard that Mr. Rogers used to do every day in the pool.
0: And then he would go and he would have the little pool out in his front yard and his little front thing. He had a little pool there sometimes.
1: Oh, his, his little foot bath.
0: Yeah. His little foot bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so yeah, cool. I he, did, where do you yeah. swim?
1: Uh, there's a Chelsea pierce right on Livingston, Brooklyn. Yes, misses you, Jason. There it is. Ah,
0: yeah. oh, there it's right. I've never been to that one, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's super cool. I yeah, am not it's a, awesome. I'm a decent swimmer, but it's never been a thing that I've done for exercise. It's just been like, oh, like going to the beach. But people that swim seem to really swear by it.
1: I think it's a game changer. And the other thing for me is I listen to podcasts while I swim. So Oh, like you have you, some waterproof
0: earbuds? I
1: got some underwater MP3s. So I'm listening Ooh. to like Tim Ferriss and... <laughs> uh, you know, all of like the, biz, like Pat Flynn and Amy Porterfield and Brooke Castillo. And I'm getting ideas about my business while I'm swimming. So I think the next step would be to figure out like an underwater notebook. Like, Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah. Let me take an
0: underwater nap. notebook. That would be amazing. That's, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Well, speaking um, of geeky yeah, things,
1: I, I like have a whole setup. So I, I have like hand paddles and a snorkel and
0: hand my MVs.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's a dork city over here, man.
0: What? It's Hold real up. serious. Hand? I've never heard of hand paddles for swimming. Hand?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's like a, just like these paddles that you put on your hands in order to like increase your, the resistance, but also to go faster in the water.
0: Oh, but it's for, it's to make you stronger. It's like a workout. Yeah. Cause I was thinking it would be more like flippers. It'd be the opposite where it actually makes you go faster and it's, less oh it actually makes it a little bit harder because there's more resistance but it also pushes right. you. yeah gotcha yeah
1: yeah so it's like
0: our so, golden retriever with his with her webbed you know, yeah exactly creative
1: like, yeah. something like, some web,
0: That's webbed cool. hands webbed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> your final I'm, goal I'm is to become as obsidian. close to a
0: bird dog as possible
1: more like a more like a toad or a frog you know I'll, i'm just gonna like regress uh De evolve. <laughs> You're gonna evolve. de-evolve
0: re- reverse evolution.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, Ria, what's the thing that you are most proud of?
1: You know, so it was really, really, really hard to do, but building my nonprofit was probably the best job I've ever had because hundreds of kids went to college that might not oh, otherwise wow. have. And it, it, you know, I've had kids go off to Yale and Harvard and Princeton and uh yeah, you know, all sorts of really, really wonderful four year colleges. And, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, we all want our lives to have meant something. And if that's my legacy, if I've sent a bunch of kids to college, like that's great. Yeah. I'm even getting an emo about it because it's like, oh I don't know if I'm ever going to do anything as great as that in my life.
0: No, and talk about the law of like, you'll never actually, you'll not, ne- you will never know the full impact of that. So that's 100, 100 kids who go most hopefully they graduate. Hopefully they go out and be productive members of society and, and do mm-hmm. and do great things in their career. And they have families and they like, that is an, you will never know. That is so cool. But
1: I, I kind of do know, cause like now they're old enough that they've graduated from college. Some of them oh, are yeah. having kids. Actually, one of my students helped me write my book. Uh So oh, she graduated from Stoney Binghamton. I've had other kids. It's funny. I was on um, Venmo the other day and I saw one of, my kids on Venmo, Venmo Venmoing another one of the kids for grocery money. Cause I guess they're roommates. And I was like, Oh, that's so cute. They're in college together. And I checked and they both graduated from the university of Virginia. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so old. Cause in my mind, they're still middle school kids. You know, I (laughs) have, I have kids now who I saw one of them at this gala, this fancy gala I attended because he's working for a real estate developer and making a huge amount of money. And I'm like, Sebastian, (laughs) this is great. He went to Middlebury College. I mean, they're doing such incredible things. And I'm so proud.
0: I'm picturing you being like, Sebastian, it's so good to see you. Hey, remember (laughs) how I helped you out? I'm actually fundraising, and I like talking about money. And it sounds like oh no, really I told well.
1: him no. I was like, I hope you're giving money back to the organization. He's like, I am, I am, I am. I was like, Great, that's all I need to know.
0: I like that. <laughs> like, not even like, not even the question. Are you? You're just like, I hope you are. Like, there's a pure agenda there. I love it. You're no, like, it's
1: I literally it was like, so you better be doing this, or, or I'll call your parents because I still have your parents on speed dial on your- my phone.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. All right, yeah. let's see. What else do I want to ask you? Um, what are you afraid might actually be true about you?
1: Oh, my God. This question, best with my mind, I was like, oh, my God. Good. It's like a Matrix moment. I. It's like I a Matrix the therapy question?
0: moment. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So two things that I am afraid might actually be true about me. Number one is I actually am as obnoxious as I think I might be. <laughs> Um, and the second thing is, and I think we all have, this is the imposter syndrome. Like Mm. to me, it's like, whatever, someone can tell me they don't like me. and It's fine. But if someone told me that I didn't know what I was talking about and I was a complete imposter and like, I was not helpful, that would actually be more of a, you know, bullet to the heart. Um, cause I really pride myself on being helpful, being able to add value. So I think that would be, that would be. Terrifying
0: to learn. Yeah. You answered the second part of this question that I don't give to my guests. What do you do to what do you do to compensate for that fear? So it sounds like the being helpful is like how you prove that like you actually know what you're doing, which would make a ton of sense. How do you compensate for the I might be as obnoxious as I think I am? And by the way, I, I like this question because it's like it's just a belief system. It doesn't mean that you're obnoxious. It's just like what you internally say to yourself. What do yes. you do? How do you compensate for that?
1: You know, I'm so glad you asked, so I literally had this very thing happen. So what happened was I was doing a free training for an organ like another platform, and I got a bunch of feedback back. Five of them were like, "This was amazing, so incredible, blah, blah blah." This one email it was kind of mean. She goes, "Um, Ria's stuff was interesting, but I could have really done without all of the hand flapping and the incomplete sentences and my first reaction was like, (gasps) what? And then my second reaction, I I took five seconds, right? I took a beat and I was like, okay, why am I reacting like this? Like, what's the, what's happening here? Took a breath and I was like, oh, this woman just is not one of my people. And that's totally fine. You know what? Vaya con Dios, go find someone else who is your person, who you vibe with, who... You don't need to witness hand flapping about. There are a whole bunch of people out here who actually want to hear what I have to say. So yeah. there you go.
0: Yeah. And especially as a fellow person who speaks and trains and such, you're never going to be the person for everybody. No, no. Never. Also, that's well, a lesson it, that took me a long time to learn.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some percentage of people who are just not going to like what you do, are not going to like your style, aren't going to like the way you like, are going to hate everything about you. Yeah, and that's totally fine. Like, there's literally nothing on this planet that is for everybody except for air and water. You know what I mean? It's like
0: the very basic Maslow's higher, the very very basic things that are used to be free. I guess they're kind of free still, but water would be arguable. But yeah, totally. Like, you know, I did the same thing. Do a speech or I'll do a training and you get like, Oh, nines and tens. And then one like nines and tens out of 10. And Oh my gosh, this made such a difference. Can't wait to use it when people like, and they'll, and they'll come up with like the, like the hand flapping thing mm-hmm. to give somebody feedback on that. To me is like, that actually irritates me because that's just a per- that's purely personal opinion.
1: Oh yeah.
0: You're an expressive yeah. person.
1: Like I use my hands when I talk, especially on Zoom, right? Cause you can't see it's also anything else really.
0: Speechcraft. So maybe this person right. is like actually looking at you. They're like, God, I wish I could be more expressive. Well, let me knock somebody down because they're actually doing what I wish. Well,
1: I was just like, Okay, lady, Peace clearly you and- were ha- you were having a bad day, and that is not about me. So you know what? Go take a Xanax and like handle <laughs> yourself. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> and you did it like super expressively. With a lot of hand
1: gestures. Hey, guess what? Right. You should take a Xanax. <laughs>
0: except, except you should have done an in, in incomplete sense. like, Hey, lady. take <laughs> Xanax. Bye. 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 Yeah.
1: I know. So haters going to hate, right? Yeah, so.
0: exactly. He's back anyway. to the T-Swift callback. I love it. All right. Let's, um, right. let's bring this bad boy home. Cause you and I have some, uh, some other fun things to do live here in a little bit. The Ria. How do you see the world?
1: Uh mostly friendly with a daily shower of slight aggravations.
0: <laughs> Spoken like a true New York driver.
1: Oh my god. Just a New York, oh. York driver.
0: You will oh, forever be a New York driver to me now, nothing else. I will can never see you anything other than she's just a New York driver.
1: Uh, well, you know, it's funny because I'm quite small. I was in the car and I was like, hey. I was talking to my driving instructor. I was like, hey, you remember that old Burger King ad? I'm like, where's the beef? You know, like the little old lady. And he looks at me blankly. I was like, you're too young. Never mind.
0: You're like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, well, of course. Yeah. I think we're <laughs> around the, the same age. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was one of our, One of the great. That was one of the most memorable commercials in the, I think, must have been the 80s. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Like yeah, during the Super Bowl, <laughs> aggregation. That's, that's that's a very New York way to look at the world. You're like, that's pretty cool. People are pretty cool, except some of you are not.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like mostly things work out. I say the world is generally a friendly place, and then there's just like also the thousand paper cuts of living in New York yeah. City. Oh yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Oh. And, I do. and it's
1: not going to kill you, but it's also no. just like, oh, this is
0: annoying. Yeah, paper cuts, dog piss, people mm-hmm. that tourists that won't get out of your way in the sidewalk That's speaking right. for others oh. that that doesn't annoy me at all but i know people it does but i love being stuck behind tourists that will not no i don't i hate it all right
1: it depends on where you are in the city though because yeah. where you were in brooklyn there are tons of tourists on the promenade uh, i imagine
0: yeah so ria how can everybody connect with you i know you have a book you got all sorts of yeah. good stuff you're up to
1: Yeah. I've got a book called Get That Money, Honey, The No BS Guide to Raising Money for Your Nonprofit. I've got a podcast, Nonprofit Lowdown. I'm on LinkedIn. I have a newsletter. So if you need to raise money or know people who need to raise money for a cause, hit me up.
0: Cool. We're going to put all that in the show notes. Finally, Rhea, leave us with some patented words of wisdom.
1: Okay. I have two. Is that all right?
0: No. Only one. Yes. Two is fine. All yeah, right. Please do.
1: Thing. Thing one posted. Nobody else knows what they're doing either.
0: Oh, it's such a great universal truth.
1: Post it. Note number two. It's better to ask forgiveness than permission.
0: I think you're my sister from another mister. That is what that is what I learned and what I live by. I'm like, uh, and I want to leave with this. I wonder. Do you ever have the like the context where you're like, cool rule sounds like more of a suggestion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's a it's it's a suggestion, a recommendation, a preference, not actually a rule.
0: A preference. And then sometimes it actually is a rule, and then you get yourself in hot water, but that's that's for a different conversation. So good to have you. Glad we made this happen. Can't wait for everyone to hear your brilliance. Please make sure your picture has the pink glasses because they I don't know any
1: other way, Jason. I don't know any other that's it. I
0: mean it's still part of your brand. All right, Rhea. we will catch you back here on the podcast again soon.
2: Okay, sounds good. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yep. Bye. Bye.
2: Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with Jason Frizzell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and give us a shout out or take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If something from today's episode piqued your interest and you'd like to connect, email us at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com. We love hearing from our listeners because... You're cool people too.